listen, not everyone, like I said, we're, we're not everything to everyone. And um, I think the client coming to us is someone who really wants to improve. You know, it is, there is a community component here and people do love the spirit of the club and they love coming in and seeing a lot of the familiar faces, but people are here to get better. Yeah, everyone in here on the floor, you know, they're laughing, they're having a good time, but they're improving. And I think that's what a lot of people have to ask themselves. Are you in it for the entertainment effect? Are you in it because you just want to break a sweat and, you know, look at attractive women or attractive men? And if that's all you want, then yeah, I'm sure there's, there's, there's a solution from that for that. But we're about our main business, our business model really is it's improvement. And if you are feeling pain because of something that happened on during the weekend and we're noticing that, then a guy like Charlie Weingroff's going to, who's our physical therapist, he's going to get his hands on you. And then we're going to figure it out as a team. So it's a much, like I said, it's a much better model. Hi, welcome to All About Fitness. My name is Pete McCall. That voice you just heard at the beginning is Don Saladino. Don is a personal trainer and the owner of the Drive 495 studio in Manhattan. And today Don joins me to talk about, well, it's interesting because when I first, when I first reached out to Don to ask him to come on the show, I had wanted to talk out, to talk with him about his, his area of expertise. Drive 495 is a very high-end concierge studio based in Manhattan, and Don works with a very high-end clientele. He works with a lot of A-list celebrities. As we got into the conversation, you know, when I when I talk with somebody like this, and I'm I really don't like using this this word or this phrase, you know, celebrity trainer. Uh, Don's gotten that label as a quote unquote celebrity trainer because he works with a lot of you know people that are in the public eye. You know, I don't know Don extremely well, but we met a few times. I actually interviewed him for for the podcast a couple of years ago. It was was when we first met. But what I've what I've really liked about Don is he's doing it the right way. You know, he has the right approach to fitness. You know, you hear some of these people that, that they're in the public eye. They might train somebody that's high profile. They might train a celebrity. And it just is, you know, they don't really know what they're doing. You know, I don't, you have to understand sometimes if somebody claims to be a celebrity trainer and they're really just holding that up, there's probably not a lot of there there. For those of you that listen to All About Fitness regularly, I think you should really know that the more somebody knows if you listen to some of my guests, the ones with the PhDs or the ones that have been in the field for 20 or 30 years, I think you'll hear that the more that somebody knows about fitness or the more that somebody knows about exercise, the less definitive they are in getting advice. Because those who have been doing this for a while, we don't know. We really don't. For people that research this, like Stu McGill, who's a researcher, he doesn't know. He has an idea. So what I like about talking with Don is Don really – his focus is on creating results. His focus is on helping people kind of break through. And today's conversation takes a big change because, like I said, at first, you know, my thought was like, okay, Don, tell us how, you, you know, you work with celebrities and what you do. But I was more blown away by somebody else, by a completely different client. So on this episode of All About Fitness, it's a lot of fun to catch up with Don Saladino. Don is the owner of Drive 495. He's a very, he's a very engaged guy in the community. He's based out of New York. And what I wanted to get his insight on today was number one, you know, where's the direction of the fitness industry going? Because I think we're in this like, kind of transition right now about we're getting ready to change directions. And that's why I'm reaching out to a couple people in Manhattan because Manhattan, New York City, where Don is and where Kenny Santucci is located, you know, two of my recent guests, I'm bringing these trainers on from New York because I want to kind of get an idea of kind of upcoming and current trends. And what Don talks about today is the trend of concierge fitness. But what the most important thing, though, is Don shares some ideas or some insights that have really had a tremendous impact on helping clients make lasting changes. So, yeah, it's all well and good. We see somebody up on TV. We see somebody up on the movies. And we think, I want to look like that person. But think about the people that have really made changes in their bodies. Think about people that have lost you know, 50, 100, 200 pounds. Think about the changes in their life that happens because of that. And that's where the conversation with Don goes today. So before we get into it with Don Saladino, I want to take a brief moment out to say a huge, huge, huge thank you to AEC in Houston and to ASB in SoCal. 
you guys left the reviews you left blow me away. I really I appreciate it. I, I appreciate that you guys are listening to the podcast. If you do listen all about fitness regularly, the only thing I ask is I'm not charging you any money for anything. I'm just trying to bring this information to you. The only thing I ask is that you take a moment to leave a review. Let other people know that you're getting benefits from listening to All About Fitness. So after a brief word from the sponsor of All About Fitness, it's a lot of fun to sit down, catch up, and get some great training insights from Don Saladino, the founder of Drive 495 in New York City. It's a platform. It's a balance tool. You can do a ton of different exercises on it. Guys, you've been listening to me talk about the TerraCore. You've been hearing TerraCore ads on All About Fitness. Well, I've got great news for you. I went to the folks at TerraCore. The code AAF, I changed the code. The code AAF now gets you a 25%. That is 25% savings on a TerraCore. Use code AAF to save 25% on a TerraCore. What is TerraCore? Don't go to TerraCoreFitness.com. That is TerraCoreFitness.com. T-E-R-R-A CoreFitness.com and check out one of the coolest products in fitness. See why Men's Health voted it one of the top fitness at home products that you should have for your workouts. Check out TerraCore Fitness on Instagram to see some amazing tricks. Again, TerraCore now is 25% off through All About Fitness. Use code AAF to save 25% on the purchase of a TerraCore. You can pick them up, you can carry them, you can lift them, you can swing them, you can throw them, you can do core training with them, metabolic conditioning with them, high-intensity interval training. Whatever you want to do with movement, you can do it with a sand bell, you can do it with soft bells, or you can do it with a vest by Hyperware. Hyperware makes some excellent products that allow you to move with extra resistance. Resistance training is what makes a difference in your body, folks. If you want to get stronger, you got to pick up something heavy. If you want to burn a few calories, you pick up something heavy a little bit faster, but do it safely. Whatever your fitness goal is, Hyperware makes a product that can help you achieve it. That's H-Y-P-E-R-Ware.com, Hyperware, makers of the vest, one of the best vests out there on the market. You can use a weighted vest that stays close to your body, and you can do a tons of cool body weight exercises with it with low extra weight. Hyperware also makes sand bells and soft bells, very unique weights. I love them. I use them in my book, Smarter Workouts, because they work. Use code AAF10. That's AAF10 to save 10% on the purchase of any Hyperware product and go to hyperware.com to check out their entire catalog. I'm Pete McCall, the All About Fitness. Today, I'm speaking with Don Saladino, the, the owner of Drive 495 in New York City. Don, how, how long have you been a studio owner, been a fitness studio owner? So I'm going on 15 years right now. Um, I opened back in, saw my lease back in 2005, opened the doors right about 2006. So we're, you know, we're going on about 15 years. Now, I've asked this question of a couple of different studio owners, and I'm always interested in your reaction. Which is scarier? Was it was it scarier when you first opened, like in that first year, when it was kind of like by yourself, and, and you're like, oh, I got to make this thing go? Or is it scarier now, when now you're responsible for a whole team of people as a primary entrepreneur? Which one was like a scarier feeling it's, for you? You know, it's a different type. I mean, first off, I was so young when I ended up opening it. I mean, I was responsible for a lot of money when I, when I opened Drive. <clears throat> and it was a big location, so I think – you know, there was a level of, you know, guts and there was a level of stupidity at the same time. So, I, you know, I, I think just when you're that young going into it, you know, at the time I was probably 28 years old, you know, you, you know what's at stake, but you're also, you also feel like at that point in your life, you feel like you're invincible. So I, I, I think looking back on it now, I'd probably be no more nervous getting into it now, knowing what I had to go through then. It was just, it was, it was incredible. So now, you know, now, no, you know, it's, it's flowing. Um, business is really, you know, business is good. My staff, it's the best it's ever been. Uh, but I have a lease resigning coming up uh, next May. So, you know, it's a different type of, I wouldn't necessarily use the word scary, but it's just a different type of focus. Um, you know, that, 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 um, I need to put my attention on in, in the next, uh, you know, the next 10 months. Well, one of the things that's really unique about, about your facility, Don, is that you really, and what I wanted to speak with you about is you're really one of these people that's doing a, a new kind of 
a new type of service like concierge service. Can you describe what that means and the type of extra services that, that members of your studio can receive? You know, it's funny because it's not even things you can really market because we just, you know, it's almost I mean, the best way to describe it would be combining a gym with, with great coaching, almost somewhat, I don't want to say a hardcore mentality, but people are here to train. They're here to work, not to socialize. There's a community aspect. But if you need lunch, if you, uh, uh, you know, left your razor at home, whatever it is, you know, uh, one of my employees is running the store for you. So it's just when we say concierge, yeah, we have massage. We have physical therapy with Charlie Weingroff. We have IV treatments. We have a golf component upstairs because when we originally opened, there was um, and there still is a lot of golf involved there. And then downstairs, you get world-class training. So the concierge element of it, it really is from the moment where you walk into the club and it's the attention that you're getting. Well, and the reason why I ask that, because I think the biggest challenge that we have, right, we're fitness professionals and we always try to get – you're trying to get new people into getting into exercise. And I think one of the biggest challenges we have is trying to overcome – this low price point model that's out there. You have these different companies out there, Planet Fitness, LA Fitness, that offer these fitness memberships, health club memberships for ten or fifteen dollars a month. And as a, as an owner, what's your reaction to that? When 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 you have other companies out there that are just rock bottoming the prices, what's your reaction to that? Well, the first thing first things first is you have to stay true to who you are. And I, you know, I struggled with this a little bit maybe seven years ago when the boutique concept started exploding. You know, it was, you know, you're suddenly trying to make adjustments and you're, you're trying to kind of adjust with the times where I do believe you need to know, you know, what's going on out there and you have to keep your eye on the competition. But, you know, you are who you are. Like if you're, if you're a strength and conditioning facility, you're not going to start doing spin group training classes. It's just, it's not who you are. I mean, I'm sure you could make that adjustment, but it really goes against your model. And one thing that I realized was, you know, we have a really good model and there's still really a demand for that. So I think it's just understanding that you can't be everything to everyone and that, you know, how many members do you need to be successful? You know, what is that number? And go find those people and don't try and be everything to everyone. It's like when you start charging inexpensive prices, you start giving something up also. So there is, you know, there is, there is a trade off with, with that. So you know, I, I mean, I went through it. I get it. I understand. I also do understand that a lot of these boutique concepts and a lot of these cheaper price models, you know, a, a lot of them don't last. I mean, Planet Fitness seems to be doing really well. And their, you know, their model is we're going to charge so little that you don't have to use your club. That's just not my model. My model is the other way around. It's like, no, we want you to improve. We want you to be here. We need you to be here. And if you're not here, you're probably not going to want to spend that type of money. So that's our model and it seems to be working. Well, and that's what I don't get, right, Don, is you have so many people that are like, oh, I don't want to spend the money on that. And, and I kind of always have to scratch my head and take a step back. And it's like you either spend the money now and join a health club. You do a little bit of personal training to understand how to exercise correctly or what's going to happen in five or ten years. You're going to get some type of disease or some type of health condition that could have been avoided by exercising. Does anybody ever balk at, at, at what you charge at, at the type of level of service that you provide? Well, listen, not everyone, like I said, we're, we're not everything to everyone. And um, I think the client coming to us is someone who really wants to improve. You know, it is, there is a community component here and people do love the spirit of the club and they love coming in and seeing a lot of the familiar faces, but people are here to get better. Yeah, everyone in here on the floor, you know, they're laughing, they're having a good time, but they're improving. And I think that's what a lot of people have to ask themselves. Are you in it for the entertainment effect? Are you in it because you just want to break a sweat and, you know, look at attractive women or attractive men? And if that's all you want, then yeah, I'm sure there's, there's, there's a solution from that for that. But we're about our main business, our business model really is it's improvement. And if you are feeling pain because of something that happened on, during the weekend and we're noticing that, then a guy like Charlie Weingroff's going to, who's our physical therapist, he's going to get his hands on you. And then we're going to figure it out as a team. So it's a much, like I said, it's a much better model. Well, one of the things that I like is that you've used the term coach uh, a couple times now, Don. How would you describe the difference between a coach and a trainer? And, and why would you choose to use the term coach? You know, it's funny. A trainer, someone could come out and turn around and become a trainer during the weekend. 
You could take a weekend course and you can get a certification. Technically, you're a trainer. A coach, you know, I do believe that they should have, a coach should have those training certifications. But a coach also needs to have a certain amount of mileage under their belt. And there's a certain amount of experience. And you could take someone from Wharton Business School and have them study the CSCS manual. And I'm sure they'll score better than me because they're just, they can retain a lot more when it comes to reading. And maybe they have a <laughs> photographic memory, whatever it is. But when they get on the phone uh, floor, I'm going to out-coach them. And really what coaching is about for me, <clears throat> it's understanding that every person that you're ever going to see on any given day, they're going to come in with just a different what I normally like to say is a different hand dealt to them. So like it's like playing blackjack, you're getting a different hand dealt to you almost every time or poker or whatever it is, whatever you want to use that example. But you're, you're seeing one of your clients on Monday and they're probably going to be in a different position on Wednesday due to stress or travel or, you know, how they slept or there's just always some variable and a coach has to be able to make that adjustment. So do you ask those questions and do you have your team ask those questions when they start training with somebody, like how they sleep, how they eat, how they hydrate? And why? And the question is, why are those so important? Well, first off, I mean, every every session, I've, I've probably trained, I've been doing this 20 years. I've done well over 30,000 one-hour sessions in my life, well over that. I mean, probably, it's probably, I was trying to do the math the other day, it's probably closer to 35 to 38,000. So that's a lot of sessions, man. And, you know, the first thing I always ask them was like, all right, how are you feeling today? How'd you sleep? How many hours of sleep did you, did you get? Oh, you, you were traveling. How long was your flight? Oh, you flew in from Singapore. How much water did you drink on the plane? Did you eat on the plane? Did you sleep well on the plane? There's all these questions that you have to start asking. When I saw a client, I'm not doing a ton of training anymore. I probably train two sessions a day. And I just, because these are people I'm connected with and, they're people I still continue to work with, but tomorrow I got to go to Rhode Island and I'm not training Thursday and Friday. So my schedule is kind of all over the map, but I saw a client this morning and I, I looked at him. I said, after the workout, I said, man, you, you look tired when you were walking in this morning. Were you tired? And he goes, yeah. He's like, is that why you called an audible on the workout? I said, yeah. I said, you know, I was, you know, I, I saw, I just knew him so well at that point that I was able to just kind of look at him. I knew he was tired. Sometimes he doesn't, he's not always truthful. I knew what I was dealing with. I asked him some other questions. I was able to call that audible. He ended up having a great workout. He wasn't leaving feeling crushed, but we made it more of a regen day. Still, you know, still did some trap bar work after his dynamic warm up and his breathing, and he was able to leave there feeling successful. So I, I really believe that's what a coach does. It's not about turning around and training people with this rocky type mentality all the time. It's about making adjustments and making sure that they're having a good time, but they're also improving. That's something that's really important. A lot of people just look at like the entertainment effect as being the most important thing. Improvement is still part of why we do this. <laughs> you know, like feeling great is a good thing, but we also want to improve. Well, and, and I kind of know, I think I know the answer why, Don, but I think for listeners, because that's the one thing as trainers, right? It, it, you know, in coaches, we get people come into us and, and you get this thing, especially like on a Monday or Tuesday, or, or you see somebody on a Sunday sometimes and they come in and they're like, okay, you know, they're a little dragging their tail. And like, well, I did something last night and I, I need to punish myself or now I need to make up for it with by punishing myself with exercise. And what I like about what you just said is you took time to adjust it. Why is it so important? And this is for listeners, Don. Why is it so important for somebody coming in and see a trainer to be honest about the way they're feeling in that moment? Well, first off, if your body's stressed, working out's a stress. And if you were out boozing last night or you were um, – you didn't sleep or you had a fight with your spouse or something's going on and you're not truthful to your coach. One, and I know there's a lot of tough guys out there who are going to say, oh, I'm not going to get hurt, but one, you can get hurt. If you're dehydrated or you didn't sleep properly and you're trying to pull weight or squat weight or, or do something that's requiring a lot of skill, you can get injured. And that's the last thing that we want to happen in the gym. But also like, and you're seeing this a lot with heart rate variability right now. Like I was just brought on a podcast for whoop. They wanted to ask me some questions and um, that podcast just went live today. But, you know, you start talking about heart rate variability and there's so many different devices out there that I've used. Omega Wave, O-Ring, uh, Fatigue Science is an incredible company. You have Whoop that's a lot more mainstream. And, you know, yes, what's better, what's worse, that's, that's a completely different conversation. But understanding heart rate variability and understanding, you know, what the human body needs that day. That's what's so great about these devices. It takes a lot of the guessing out of the equation. And if you're tired and you're beat up, 
your body may not be in the best state to do any type of strength and power that day. It might need to be focusing on skill. And if you keep going in and you keep training under these, I like to call them different circumstances. You always are training whether you're exhausted or you know your body's not moving as efficiently. Your body will start to learn to adapt under those you know different circumstances, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to improve. Does that make sense? It, 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 it just means that you're readapting to, you know, this what's, – what's that word? You're just kind of, well, you're just kind of readapting to this, um, this, this temporary state that you're in. So if you – Well, and that's – Sorry. But sorry to cut you off, but you did such a great job, Don, because I want listeners to understand because I think there's this mentality of, you know, I'm not feeling well today, but I'm going to go into the gym and I'm going to push hard. And that's going to make yeah, me feel I, better. I honestly think it's what? the worst thing for you to do. I mean, Rocky, one of my favorite movies, is setting a terrible example. Now, on the other hand, we don't want to take it in the other direction and just every day you're like, oh, my CNS is – People doing that also. And I'm like, no, it's not. Your CNS isn't fried. You're fine. You're just getting lazy. So – <laughs> about some of the wearables that can actually give you some good data. It's able to sit there and tell you, this is what you need. This is what you don't need. I mean, I'm in tune with my body enough now where I can come in and, you know, if I'm a little tired, I spend a little more time on the warm up. I start seeing how the bar feels in my hands and I can make my adjustment at that point. That was what was really cool about, you know, when you look at how the guys or how, you know, Louis Simmons used to say, you know, in the West Side Book of Methods, they would come in that day and they, they would they would know if it was a max effort or dynamic effort, but they would say that they would never know if they were training one, threes, or fives. Because as they were warming up, you know, how did that weight feel? And was it a day to go for a single? Or, you know, was it uh, were they a little more beat up where they just wanted to get some reps of five? Okay, so that's just I mean, that was kind of their way of saying you really don't know what you're going into the gym with until you go into the gym. Planning it out the night before, it's good to understand that you know this is what we should be working. Maybe it's more of a pulling day, maybe it's a hip dominant day, whatever you want to call it, fine. But you know, spelling out like we're going to hit max effort, going in and trying to hit max effort when you slept one or two hours. I mean, you're, you're just not going to be successful, in my opinion. You're just gonna, you know, you're gonna crap the bed. You're you're not gonna get anywhere close to the percentage that you were aiming for. And I believe in leaving the gym feeling successful. You know. I, that, that's I love I, that that right there, Don. I think is, is a key thing that a lot of people overlook is that you should walk out feeling successful, and you're in great shape. I mean, you, you've been on the cover of a couple of magazines. I mean, your dude is in great shape, and you obviously, when you train, and I say that because when you train, you obviously work hard. I mean, you don't get the appearance that you have by by what you <laughs> you obviously you, you need the off days, but you can't make your whole program off days. But 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 I'm at, the reason why I'm asking this is because obviously you train hard. But just how do you feel like when you do some mobility workout or re- regeneration workout, like what's the feeling like after that when you get done with like 45 minutes of just like movement, low intensity movement? How does that make you feel and does that recharge yeah, you for the you next know, it, hard it workout? It not only recharges me, which I think is really important, but um, it also satisfies my – like I'm – yeah, I'm, I'm a gym rat. I love, I love going to the gym. I love working out. I go on vacation. I work out. It's a part of my life. It makes me feel better, and I tend to do it more than I probably should. Um, you know, with that being said, sometimes I know that, you know, like Saturday, you know, I trained five days in a row, and I woke up that morning, and I was like, you know what? I'm golfing today with some friends. I want to work out today, but I have some track work going tomorrow. So if I work out today and I go to the track tomorrow, which I told my kids I was going to do, and we were going to do some real work – then I knew Monday I was getting right back into my program. So I forced myself to do um, a little more regeneration work. I didn't even spend 45 minutes. I spent probably 10 minutes just movement, moving, flossing, call it what you want, just getting some waste out of the body. And that period of time for me really satisfied my, my need to – I was like, all right, well, I knew it was an off day today because I was able to do 10 minutes of work and feel great from it. And then I went off and I enjoyed my day. And then I went to the track the next day and I had a really good session. And I went in on Monday and I had a really good session. Where it could be the downfall for me is if you just push all the time and go, 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 go. And that was a big problem I found with a lot of CrossFitters was not the, not the ones that compete, but the ones who just are always in CrossFit class. I almost noticed that they become very weak. And though they have a specific level of body composition, I was almost shocked with how they couldn't. And again, I'm not talking about the CrossFit games, uh, men or women. But I was almost shocked on how weak a lot of them got and the amount of injury or them telling me that every two weeks their bodies felt like crap. 
that was more one of those things where I was like, wow, like I used to feel like crap when I trained all year long in college. Now I'm really to the point where I just don't take time off because I don't want to when I feel good. Well, and I think a lot of people don't understand it, and I think they overlook the fact that high-intensity training depletes muscles of glycogen and carbohydrate. So if they're doing some sort of high-intensity training every day, they're never completely refueling, and they're never, you know, they're never completely allowing their body to, to adapt to the stresses they're doing. Now, I want to shift gears, Don, because you work with a very A-list clientele. And for listeners, yeah. Don, Don gets, gets works with a lot of celebrities getting ready for movies. You help them stay in shape. And the reason why I ask that, and it's always kind of like I roll my eyes when I talk to, to, to people like yourself, because it's like on one hand, a celebrity is no different than anybody else, right? You and right. I have a job where we do a thing and we just don't happen to be on TV. And a celebrity is just somebody who happens to do a job that happens to be on TV. When you, when you work, when you take somebody on, how much coaching do you have to do with them to get them thinking about the right way to train? Like how many of these people do you like – a star might come in and work with you and you have to go, oh my goodness, they're doing everything incorrectly. How many times do you have to kind of start over from the beginning to get people thinking smartly about their fitness program? It, it happens less now because I really work with a lot of regulars. There, there are a lot of my regulars. So Ryan Reynolds has been exposed to me for 12 years. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where what I, what I respect about a lot of them is that they're there to improve and that if they're doing something incorrectly, it's just how I deliver that message. It really is. It's no different than people call me a celebrity trainer. It's almost the worst thing to call me because I say to myself, what does that mean? Like I just – I train celebrities. I don't train celebrities entirely. Really what it comes down to is that I'm, I'm noted for training a lot of celebrities. And I think it's that star – it's that star power and that cachet that you know I work with a lot of people that are very interesting people. But when it comes down to training, it's the same principles, it's the same fights, it's the same battles. Not with all of them, with some of them. You know, some of my actors drink, some of them don't drink. Um, some of my regular clients drink, some of them don't drink. It's just they deal with stresses, they have families, they have family problems, they they have to deal with travel, work. You know, there's all these things that are just you know that are similar from client to client, like. A lot of my female clients I've worked with have, have had kids, you know, whether it's Blake Lively or whether it's Jane Smith. I'm making that name up. It doesn't <laughs> matter. They, they still have to go through. They still have to deliver a baby. They still have to go through the healing process. You know, they're still battling with sleep issues because they're up all night feeding. These are just things that it doesn't change because you're a celebrity. But, you know, if people want to call me that. That's that's fine. I'll take it. I think sometimes it definitely devalues a little bit of what I do, but. I used to think more of that in the past than now. I think a lot of people understand my thought process and how I like to think about coaching and how I'm really, you know, this is really more of a calling for me. This is a job, but I love this. And the thing about me is I'll never stop trying to educate myself. Well, and the interesting thing, Don, as you said that, I mean, I kind of got this little giggle, right? Is you could have you could have a couple really fit clients. You know, you could have Bob, who's who's a forty something year old attorney, and you could have Jane, who's a thirty something year old, you know, housewife or homemaker. Both of them being extremely fit, in great shape, but they're not on TV. They're not, you know, they're not on. They're not in movies, so nobody can see the result of your work with them. You know, and I right. think that's where people get fascinated by this. And what do you think is harder? Because I think this is an interesting question to ask, right? Because people have to understand that an actor, their body is part of the performance. What do you think is harder for somebody? And I, know, I think you've worked with people for both, right? Is helping somebody lose weight for a role or helping somebody gain weight because they need to be in a specific role? Which is harder for you as a coach or a trainer? You know, God, it so depends on the individual and their metabolism and their level of discipline. I, I mean – like right now I'm working with a woman and we're down 500 pounds. So, um, she started at 872 pounds. That's amazing. Awesome. And she just hit the 370 mark. Now this is taking us years. Is this hard? I wouldn't necessarily say it was hard. She's really following what I'm telling her to do. And she's accepting that this is not a month process or a year process. This is years, years for us to get her to where we want to get her to. And we're still working and we still communicate every day. And this is a long-term commitment. Now I know this woman's lost 500 pounds and I know people who've had to lose 10 pounds and they just struggle. And they be, I really just think it, one, first off it comes down to expectations and understanding, you know, 
yeah, you're trying to lose weight, but how are you trying to go about doing it? If you're going to obsess over that pound, then then you're going to make it really difficult for yourself. And then it's going to become very difficult to achieve your goal because you can't live by the scale day in and day out. But the woman who lost 500 pounds, she's following. It's really simple. It's like a business plan. If you launch a business, you set your business plan. Yeah, Most of us set up an exit strategy and then you start at the finish and then you almost work backwards and you set up your plan and then out of nowhere it becomes, what do I have to do every day to achieve that plan? You know, it comes down to the, you know, what is it? The micro, like you're looking at it really, like really like small and it's, and it's, all right, this is what I have to do every day. I have to wake up, I have to eat right, I have to make sure I get enough rest and I have to go break a sweat and exercise and I have to do this. And you get through day one and you're like, all right, I did great. And it literally becomes that type of focus. You know, day five, I didn't do so great. All right, let's get back on it. But most people, they, they fall off of it and they just, and they crumble and then they get discouraged and then they want to stop. You know, break, you know, breaking your diet or missing a day of training, that's that's part of all of it. Like that's that's the biggest mistake most people make. They start their new year's resolution and they're just under the assumption that they can't cheat. When you take that focus of perfection, that's why you never that's why you never hit your goal. So I think it it really is. I mean, 500 pounds for this woman in my eyes was more mindless than I've seen some people trying to lose 10 pounds because they just are are, are fighting that battle against themselves. Um, and that's where a good coach comes in, man. That's powerful. I didn't even realize it because to me, that's more impressive than helping somebody get ready for a role. Right. I mean, you've helped somebody literally just rechange their life. What was uh, working with this client? What's been, obviously you said, and I love the way you said it, stumbles are going to happen. What's been the best way or what's been the most effective way when this client has had a stumble and they, they've, you know, life has gotten in the way they haven't been able to train or eat the way they wanted to. What's been the big thing that's gotten them back on track? You know, because we all do that, right? We all kind of fall off the plan. But what have you, in your experience, Don? What's been the big thing that helps people get back to their plan or get back on their track? Well, for um, she responded really good to just pep talks. So if she's having a bad day, she'll message me, and I'll jump on a call with her, and I'll just talk her through it and just pump her up. And she's almost very easy to work with because I can hit her trigger points really easily. You know. Um, other people, like like I said, you know, I, I have a I have a, a client friend who, you know, will get on with me or will see me. He goes, I know what I have to do. I know what I have to do. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> this is just what I have to do. I'm like, no, you don't know what you have to do because you're not doing it. If you knew what you had to do, you would do it. I keep telling you, you are craving in the evenings because you are not maintaining your blood sugar level. Really simple. You listen to Rob Yang's talk at Perform Better, what he's been talking about for as long as I've known him for 15 years is what I've been talking about as long as I've been in the business. you got to maintain your blood sugar levels. And for weight loss, it's that simple. But people are like, oh, but I want to lose weight. I can't eat. You don't eat, you don't maintain blood sugar levels. You eat, you feed the furnace, you get that fire to burn more hot, you're going to rip through more wood. It's it's that That's the metabolism. It's that simple. Maintain your blood sugar levels and eat more of the right stuff. Cut down on cravings. Cut down on cravings. You're going to burn body fat. You're going to be more active. You're going to sleep better. You're going to have optimal hormone levels. Your body's going to turn into an energy-producing fat-burning furnace. And, and it's, it's that simple. But people just – you know, everyone knows best and everyone's like, oh, I know what I have to do. I have to starve myself or I'm going to do intermittent fasting or I'm going to eat egg whites for breakfast and just egg whites and not give myself any fiber or any fat and – not maintain my blood sugar level. And then by the afternoon after my healthy lunch, I'm going to have a handful of nuts. And then I'm going to go on a dinner and I'm going to have one drink and then I'm just going to relax and let my hair down. And then the bread basket's going to get passed out. I'm going to have a piece of bread and then I'm going to town because, oh, you know what? I screwed up. I had bread. I'm starving. You know, I, I always want to crave stuff. Very simple. Maintain your blood sugar levels and you'll be successful. You know, and that, that hits the nail right on the head. And, and you know, because I think people overthink it all the time or they focus, you know, they focus on the wrong things. And I think people really just need to take a step back and just kind of give themselves permission to, you know, every now and then you're going to make a mistake. Every now and then you're going to get back, get off your plan. And you just have to get back on plan. Now, to wrap up here, look, I, I want to ask you a question about this because you have, I, I love the design of your facility, not the design, but I love the structure of your facility of being very high end. How do you see the future of like clubs and studios? I mean, you're a very boutique studio. And how do you see the role of like health clubs and studios going ahead in the future? 
obviously we have like the products like Peloton. The reason why I ask is we have products like the Peloton, the mirror, making fitness more accessible at home. How do you see studios like yours or health clubs evolving, you know, in the coming years? Well, studios like mine, I think you're probably going to see less of them. I mean, especially in New York City, real estate's just too difficult. It's too hard for most gyms to come in and run when I'm trying to run. Um, when you have the boutiques, it's it really becomes more of a marketing play. You can have an okay concept or, or, or a not-so-okay concept, and you can have some club promoters promoting it, and they turn up the heat in the studio, and they pump great music, and they have attractive – like not even coaches. I call a lot of them cheerleaders. And you know what? There's your business model. And people are, are identifying success a little bit differently than you and I identify. If you're going to the gym and you're just identifying success about how much you sweat, I, I mean, that reminds me of you know back in the 80s when people were like, I had such a great workout, I threw up. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, are you serious? It's, like, it's really no different. Like, any fool can make someone puke. You know, anyone can make someone else sweat. But to go in and actually coach someone and train them the right way, the way that their body needs it, while, yes, supplying that entertainment component it's got to be fun it's got to be enjoyable and they should be coming back day in and day out the majority of the time feeling good not feeling worse you know i i think the fitness industry listen it's booming and you're seeing different boutiques and different concepts open up every day what i don't know is at a certain time you know it's like the cream's got to rise man the people the consumer needs to get a little bit smarter about you know what it is out there you know you're putting your body um, in, in front of someone, you're, you're, you're allowing someone to mani- manipulate your body in a class or in a way your body may not be meant to move. It's like going to a doctor who's not a doctor. It's like, well, wait a second. Like, they can really screw you up. Like a coach can really screw you up. You hear stories about people who get into Olympic lifting at CrossFit facilities and, and they sit in a chair 10 hours a day and they have zero thoracic mobility, zero shoulder mobility, and their hips are banged up. And then they're turning around and they're doing jerks. It's like, all right, that may not be the best, um, you know, place to put them. Like Ben Bruno, a good friend of mine, we always joke around about the burpees and then people are messaging us. Why do you hate burpees so much? Because, you know, it's a movement that you lose a high level of quality on. Well, what if I want to get tired like on a burpee? I'm like, do a plank for 30 seconds. Try and hold a hard style plank for 30 seconds. Get up and get on the airdyne bike for 10 seconds and rip on that as hard (laughs) as you can and go back and forth. Do five sets of those and you'll be done. Like, there's your burpee. Like it's like fine. Like you're fine. You're, you're so you're so on the money with that. You're you're so on the money with but that. You're not selling a half-ass jump, and by them getting into plank position, that's sloppy, and they're going into thera- a lumbar extension. They're not damaging their backs. Like you want to get your heart rate up, get on an airdyne bike. You know, get on a powerless treadmill. Get behind a sled. <laughs> Do something that can give you a lot more bang for your buck. The work you're doing should be causing your body more help, and not hurt. Well, and the final thing, Don, you're, you're very active on Instagram and you, you, you developed a large followers. And the one thing that always kind of – it always amuses me is how people on Instagram and people look to social media for these really cool, innovative, funky exercises. And there are some there, you, there are some people in our, in our field that are putting out some amazing moves and some amazing content. But the question I always have, and I don't know if you have it, is, okay, that looks incredible, but how does that fit into a program? How does that fit into an overall – like how is that used in a program and how would you break that down and teach somebody? You know, and Is that something you've noticed with all the Instagram absolutely. stuff? Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought that up. I mean my, my first question is, is if you have someone do a movement, there should be a why behind it. Like why are we doing that movement? Why is that going in the program? Why do you have them doing a one-legged burpee to butt kick when they can't even perform a simple box jump correctly? Like why do you have someone doing something so advanced? And most of the time where you see someone balancing on four Swiss balls, like I, I get it. <laughs> they want four Swiss balls in a push-up position. Like they want to get they want to get views. You know, they want engagement. And I understand that, but that's not necessarily I mean, some of the best coaches out there. I mean, I was I was joking around about with with Boyle one day. Mike Boyle's a good friend and, and one of my mentors. And we were on a call, we were talking, and he's like, <clears throat> he said something to the effect of like, if I was on a beach with my shirt off, I'd be the last person someone would come up to. And I looked at him and I said, I would come up to you, Mike. And I just started laughing, joking around, because the point is, is that 
you know, a lot of the people with the best physiques aren't necessarily the ones that know. Um, and there's so many smart coaches out there that just don't know how to market. And that's fine. They're, they're not marketing geniuses. They're, they're coaches. It just, it's, it's ironic on how the best people out there aren't even the ones that individuals are getting access to. Like we know what the best cars are out there, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, like Mercedes and BMW and Tesla and, you know, <clears throat> Maybach. And these are these high end cars that are, that are expensive. And you know, when you get one of those cars, you're going to feel a difference. Right. But unfortunately with, with trainers and with Instagram people, you know, you're really kind of judging the car by how the body looks. You don't really know what's going on in their head or how their motor runs or, you know, are they going to be able to teach? I want to, I want to, if I was to work with a coach, I want to work with the smartest coach. I really do because I'm going to be able to take that information and run with it. And uh, that's something that I think the consumer has to get a little bit more educated on. That's actually, I like the way you did that because I'd be more impressed of say somebody, a coach or a trainer on their feed was showing what their clients are capable of, not what the individual trainer is capable of, but show me what you've done with your clients. Show me how you've helped people move better. Not what you can do, but you know, do you ever think of that? Or, or that's, I think you've done that with some of your clients. You've posted images yeah, of that. I've done, it, I've done it with some of my clients. I just think that when someone's following you, um, some of the, some of the best posts that I put up from a video standpoint is when I'm working with a man or a woman, and we're like trying to like almost educate on what it is we're trying to do and how to add value to it. And the post ends up being, you know, it's like an IGTV that's a minute and a half long. And then you get some real good engagement on it because you're giving people some tidbits. Like I just shot with this girl, Angela, yesterday. I'm sorry, this woman, Angela, yesterday. And we were just talking about an inverted hamstring. And she's like, you know, a really easy tip. I like taking the foam roller. I know you've seen this, but she likes taking the foam roller, placing the foam roller on the top of her foot. And she's like, this almost helps me with my hinge. I'm not opening my hips up. Hmm. And it was just a very clean, user-friendly way to teach someone that their hips shouldn't fly open. And that, to me, gets good – um, a good response. Angela looks fantastic. Great build on her practices, what she preaches, but she was able to deliver some content to people that's valuable and it's easy to follow. And that, and that's important is, is the fact that it's actionable. Now to wrap it up and I meant to ask you this earlier and I'm sorry I didn't, you, you mentioned Mike, you, Mike Boyle is one of your influences. What other coaches or what other people have influenced you, Don? Like who would you look to and say that that has really helped impact your career and that you've really tried to emulate in terms of what you're trying to create at Drive 495. I mean, one of my best friends is uh, Charlie Weingroff. Um, you know, Charlie's in the. I can hear him talking right now. He's in the office next door, and I'm driving up to perform better with him tomorrow. So, having someone like Charlie next to you for the last eight years and being able to go into a in, into his office and sit with him every time he's at work and speak to him for thirty minutes is that's some of the best education. I mean, I, I, I really, you know, value not only my friendship with him, but so much value he's added to my life. Um, I really like this, um, uh, this young man in the industry, his name's, uh, Jordan shallow, um, on Instagram, he's the muscle doc and, um, he's fantastic. Uh, he's a chiropractor, but he's also a powerlifting powerlifter slash bodybuilder, but just very into the functionality of the body, understanding movement. So he really brings in those worlds that I, that I love. A, a bodybuilding guy that I've always loved from a nutrition standpoint, you know, Ben Pakulski went from bodybuilding more to the holistic approach now. When I was a young kid listening to Paul Check and things about organic farming, my buddy Rob Yang from a nutrition standpoint, um, Dr. Greg Rose, one of my favorite people, one of my mentors and one of my reasons why I opened Drive 495. So, I mean, there's so many of these guys that I just mentioned that are so smart um, in different capacities. And when you get around them, you honestly start saying to yourself, man, I don't know anything. But that's the beauty of it. That's what I love about doing what I, what I do. It's getting around these people and becoming a sponge and absorbing and learning. And then, yeah, we're all thieves. We all take that information. We bring it into our toolbox and we try to apply it to our people. But unless you have that level of humility and unless um, – you used to have that want to go out and continue to learn. I, I don't think you're going to be great in this business. And I'm going to end on this. I mean, a lot of people want to refer to me as an expert. I never refer to myself as an expert. I, I, I'm a professional at what I do, but knowing these people and knowing what they know, um, God, there's so much to learn in this industry. Uh, I almost feel like expert is, is, you know, is putting myself on a pedestal that I don't want to be, well, I don't want to be looked at 
just yet. Maybe when I'm Boyle's age and then yeah. joke around, you know, he is older than me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, professionals just fine. And now for, for the final thing, I always like to ask people to share a tip. And what is one thing, and you know, you've worked with a number of A-list people, but I'm more, I'm much more interested in coming back to the woman that you've helped lose, a, a, you know, almost half, you know, a quarter ton, you know, 500 pounds. Yeah. What's one thing that's been, what's one thing that's been successful for her that listeners could maybe start implementing today in their program? Patience. It really is. I mean, it's, I mean, a pro- listen, anything at the end of the day, this may sound terrible. Anything works. You know, you take a, a, a sedentary person off the couch and you put them into P90X and they're training 90 minutes a day, whether the program is good or bad, like it's going to work if you stick with it. It really is. I think do not rush the process. Go in, you know, if you're hiring a coach or you're getting a program that's smart and sensible, be patient. You need to find a love in what you're doing. You need to become satisfied in the work and in the progress and understanding that, you know, upping the intensity is not always better and you're not going to speed up the process. The human body, one of the most complex mechanisms that we will ever look at in, on this planet and you ain't changing, you know, how it recover. I mean, you can change how it recovers through things like sleep, but these aren't easy things. Like there's modalities, there's ways to improve or enhance, but you know, the human body is going to do you know, what it, what it wants to do. And if you're getting three hours of sleep at night, it's not going to recover and it's not going to improve. So just be patient, enjoy the process and let nature set in. Dude, that is awesome. How can people get more information about what you're doing and, and what's happening with, with drive 495? Check out my Instagram, Don Saladino, um, pretty much spells everything out there. So just go to my Instagram, Don Saladino. If you don't have Instagram, you can check out Facebook, Twitter, um, all Don Saladino. So, um, you know, if anyone's in New York and they want to look me up, stop by the club. Hopefully I'll be here. And if I am, I'll take you for a tour. Awesome, man. Thanks for your time today, Don. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. it, brother. Take care. Before I go into the wrap-up for this show, uh, I want to remind listeners that if you want to learn more information about fitness, if you want to learn more information about the types of exercise that you should or can be doing to slow down the aging process, and that's 100% true, right? Not many people talk about that. Obviously, a lot of times we get so focused on exercise for how we look, whatever, we forget the fact that exercise promotes longevity. And exercise really can slow down the aging process. And that's what my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple, is all about. There's a link below in the show notes if you want to learn more about fitness, if you want to learn more about the types of exercise that can enhance your quality of life. Please pick up a copy of the book. Otherwise, just keep on listening to All About Fitness because I'm going to cover it here no matter what. As you can tell, that was a lot of fun with Don. And that's why I wanted to have that conversation with Don, right, is you hear so many of these people that are quote-unquote celebrity trainers and they take themselves way too seriously or they take what they do way too seriously. And they don't even know what they're doing, right? They have their clients you know, working hard. But what I wanted you to hear with Don is that thought process behind it is that it's not just about the, the exercise, right? It, you know, we can work hard and yes, you know, hard exercise is what makes change in the body, but a lot of times we forget about the opposite side. The opposite side is the recovery. The opposite side is the rest. You know, when you exercise, you are stressing the body. And Don did a great job of talking about that because there are other stressors for life. You know, being being responsible for kids is a stressor. Having a job where you have tremendous responsibilities is a stressor. You know, living in a big city like Manhattan is a stressor. So we have all these stressors in our life. And if you have too much stress in your life, exercise is not going to have an effect or exercise will not have the desired effect that you want it to. So if you have an accumulation of stressors, if you have work stress, if you have life stress, if you have all this other stuff, don't go to the gym expecting to beat yourself up because your body is already overstressed. You're going to hear this from a lot, from, from these level coaches like Don. I'm not even going to call him a trainer because when you take that step forward, you're a coach. Don understands for his clients that too much stress moves them away from their goals. So sometimes exercise, you know, a workout session isn't necessarily a workout, but it's a movement. It's a recovery, regeneration. When you hear that, when you hear those terms, regeneration, recovery, what it means is a lower intensity movement-based program where you're not loading additional stress on the body. Low intensity movement, multiplanar movement, the best way to think of it is like Tai Chi. You know, many of us are familiar with the slow movement of Tai Chi. 
that type of movement slows the body down. It downregulates the sympathetic nervous system. Your sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight. That's what gets you all anxious, all you know, keyed up. But a low-intensity exercise can actually create parasympathetic drive. Parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest nervous system. And that's what great coaches like Don understand, is it's not just what we do during training that makes a difference. It what, it's what goes on the rest of the time. What nutrition, what sleep, what other stressors that you have in your life? And what I like about this conversation was, you know, originally my intent was, was to talk trends and to talk concierge fitness with Don. And, and, you know, people like hearing about how celebrities train, like Ryan Reynolds. And, you know, that stuff is somewhat interesting to me. But, but as you can hear, I really keyed on on the fact that Don helps somebody, is, is in the process of helping somebody lose a tremendous amount of weight. That's why we're here, folks. That's why coaches like Don, that's like why myself and majority of the guests that you hear on the show, we're here to help those people. You know, we're here to help those people that need that change in their life. Yeah, it's all well and good. There's somebody who's going to be on a TV show or in a movie. Write me a check, whatever. I'll get you ready for that. Not a big deal. And just so you understand, that's not my clientele, nor do I want it to be. But what really matters, what we're really looking forward to, what any you ask any trainer, any coach at the level that Don and I work, we want those 500-pound clients. We want to make that change. We want to help people make that switch. And I think that advice, patience, patience, one word, patience is key. If you keep working, if you keep pushing forward, if you keep taking that step, are you going to stumble sometimes? Sure. We all do. We all make a mistake. You know, what I tell my kids is mistakes are going to happen, but you learn from them and you don't make the same mistakes twice. So if you're on that journey, if you're on that weight loss journey, if you're on that physical change journey, don't ever be frustrated by how slow you're going. Have patience. I used to have these like sayings on my refrigerator. One of my favorite sayings, be not afraid of going slowly. Be afraid of standing still. As long as you're moving forward, as long as you're practicing the Japanese art of Kaizen, changing 1% at a time, you can make tremendous changes in your body. As Don said, we don't lose 500 pounds overnight. It takes a lot of work, it takes consistency, and it takes patience. But if you do that, if you're consistent, you can make whatever changes you want to in your body. And that is where fitness, that is where exercise is so powerful. I'm going to have links to Don's information down below show notes. I'm going to have links to his Instagram. He puts great content out there. But really, when it comes down to it, just be consistent and keep putting one foot in front of the other, and you will make the changes that you want to make. Thanks for dropping by this episode. I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness. If you want to connect with me, you can reach me at Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram, Pete McCall underscore fitness. Thanks for stopping by and hope to see you again soon. Take care.